Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. In this episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio, I'm so excited for today's guest, and her name is Celeste Rains Turk. She is the host of Confessions of a Bikini Pro, and she interviews a lot of IFBB bikini pros, sharing their journey to the stage and what got them to turn pro and the lessons they've learned during their bodybuilding journey. I feel like Celeste has spent so much time interviewing other guests that it would be nice to have her on my show and what brought her into podcasting, the fitness space, and what she's learned through her years of competing. So welcome Celeste today, and I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Welcome back, guys, to Beyond the Bikini Radio. Today, I have a special guest. We have Celeste here. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to have you on. I've been listening to like every single episode of your podcast for, I don't know how long, um, where you interview IFBB Bikini Pros and so many people in the industry, and I just had to get you on here. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. I was thinking too before I jumped on here, I was like, well, maybe anyone who doesn't know my name or my face will definitely recognize my voice. So yes, <laughs> it makes me happy that you listen. Yeah, I was just thinking that too on your podcast. I was like, her voice just like stands out like you're so good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> podcasting when I first started, I was so intimidated. Um, but you know, I just kind of let it rock and out. <laughs> Yes, totally. <laughs> but okay, so Celeste, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our guest today? For sure. So hi, everyone. Thank you for coming to listen to this episode with us. I'm like I said, really happy to be here. And Nicole, thank you for having me again. I'm so I'm just so excited. And um, essentially, I'll keep this really short and sweet to the point. But I am a best-selling self-help author of Believe Your Way to Badass, which is an interactive guide to redefining beliefs, developing self-love, and manifesting your best, most badass self, as well as, of course, the podcast host of Confessions of Bikini Pro. And most importantly, the favorite thing about myself is that I help bikini competitors and all female competitors, really, to improve their relationship with food, their body, and their goals using my PTG process, which stands for peace through growth, which I believe is the key to having our most fulfilling and empowering preps and improvement season. So that's my very basic intro and hello to who I am. Yes. So thank you so much. I love your take on the industry where you focus a lot on the mental aspect of competing Um, here on Beyond the Bikini. I named my show that for the reason of we are more than just competitors. We're more than just our bodies. Um, and I really like to cover all aspects of mental health. Um, but what is your, I guess this is kind of like a big rooted question. So let's just start with what got you into competing? Yes. And by the way, I love that your podcast is named Beyond the Bikini. And um, I love that you stand for that as well. And my mission is to help people build more than just a body. So it's so aligned and I'm just so happy we're connecting. And um, 
what got me into competing? Well, uh, I was already living the lifestyle. I was already going to the gym every day. I was already meal prepping and planning meals. And I had worked with coaches before. And I just wanted to see where else I could take my body. I had been a volleyball player for my whole life. And then I was doing jujitsu as well. And I was just like, you know what? I really... Like, if I'm already living this and um, I have been spending all this time building in my high school years, which, you know, in reality, I hadn't built that much. I was still young and stuff. But anyway, I was like, I want to see what else I can do, what I can push my body to do. Um, So I used competing as an opportunity to see what I had built on a more extreme level. And that was a really awesome experience for me back in 2015, except for the fact that afterwards I realized wow, I actually used competing really as like a way of justifying my negative relationship with food and my body Mm -hmm. and almost allowing me to have it rather than something that empowered me or added to my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think so many people honestly struggle with like a disordered relationship with food and their body. And I see this like theme of competing year after year after year or using the stage for the wrong reasons and unfortunately it can be really addictive and I think a lot of people are just scared of like the unknown and off season so they just try not to even have one. Oh my gosh yes and the addictive thing goes I feel like that's something that's happening for so many competitors all the time whether it's pros or amateurs or even girls who have maybe only done one and then they're afraid to ever go into, like you said, a reverse diet or an off season because they get addicted to the look, they get addicted to the way it feels to prep and the positive reinforcements that come from, you know, dropping the weight and losing, um, or I'm sorry, losing inches and showing more lines. Like they, it's just addictive to see that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you get so much positive reinforcement from, you know, other people as well as yourself and your coach and the stage and the trophies and the judges. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like take a step back, reevaluate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're getting dopamine hits all the time. And I, um, I too started competing back in 2015, which it was so different back then. <laughs> <laughs> so <it> was, <laughs> my bikini was like, didn't even have jewels on it. Like no. that was still okay. <laughs> my makeup no. was so bad. I look back Mine and too. I was like, why did you ever do that? <laughs> oh my God. I have the video of me on stage for the first time and I'm like, no one can see this. No one can see this. <laughs> I, I think I still have a youtube video of my first ever time competing so you guys can go go search my name and watch it and laugh i will (laughs) it's very funny i i don't know i didn't even place but i was just like i'm gonna be a pro (laughs) oh yes but um competing and prepping and what is required out of a bikini competitor and their physique is completely different now in 2020 and The sport, as I feel like social media is growing, is just increasing in popularity. And, you know, back in 2015, like I would tell people I'm doing a show and people would be like, what the heck is that? And (laughs) now it seems like everybody kind of knows what that is. And people get so fascinated and tied into your journey where I feel like if you're not prepping, you almost feel like, okay, well, what do I have to talk about, unfortunately? Yes, because it becomes such a big part of your identity. Um, And when we have such a strong identity, then we 
hold ourselves to the standards of that identity or the perceived standards to that identity. So as soon as we act out of alignment with it, or maybe we choose to take a new path, or, you know, we see some girls retiring and feeling like, what's next for me? It's, it's that challenge that we don't want to face of, okay, maybe that's, this is not all that I am or all that I have to be but it feels that way sometimes when we're so invested in it or when that's all people talk to us about oh when's your next show when's your next prep or are you in prep it's like no like I'm not actually Mm -hmm. and it challenges other people too yeah definitely um Celeste why don't you talk a little bit more about your post-show experiences throughout your own prepping journey um I know you're in prep right now right I am. (laughs) Yeah. And that's super exciting. But let's um, talk about like those, those times, those shows that you've done previously and what your like mental state was in them. Oh, yes. I don't want to pretend like I'm perfect or that I've been perfect in the past. This is why I do what I do now, because I was, I struggled a lot. And it was really hard for me. Like, after my very first show, 2015, when I realized like, oh, wow, this was just a cover up really for all these negative relationship with food and my body and all this I ended up going into a lot of binging as well as I didn't want food for a bit. And then I wanted a lot of it. It was a weird phase. And I gained like 30 pounds in three weeks. And that was really hard for me. Uh, it was a massive rebound. I didn't really know what to do after my show. I just like, okay, back to normal life. But also I don't it was just weird. I didn't want to be so rigid anymore. And I then I realized, oh, wow, I have a problem. That's when I immersed myself into food freedom ideas. And I actually got really into self love. And I was like, okay, and I started trying new things with myself. And then I found the personal development world. I worked with a mindset mentor, I realized I wanted to study psychology, like it, it led me through this path. But it was really dark time. At that point, I remember feeling really uncomfortable in my body. And I felt really um, uncomfortable with showing who I was, because I felt like I was no longer able to identify as right, a fitness enthusiast, a competitor, a personal trainer, because I wasn't looking the part and I was studying dietetics at the time. So I felt like a complete fraud too. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. And then I took a long time off. So I didn't compete again until 2018. Uh, or no, hold on. August 2017. (laughs) And then when I did that, though, I was like, okay, this time it's going to be different. I I went in with that intention, that mindset, I knew then what it was like to have food freedom, I knew what it was like to be able to listen to my body to uh, love my body, no matter how I looked, no matter what the scale said, no matter how my clothing fit, I learned how to love my body. And so I knew that I could take that into competing, I was still living the lifestyle, still hitting the gym every day, I was still prepping meals, it just looked different. Um, and then got into competing again and did a whole prep that took a long time. And after that show, perfect off season, I didn't even work with my coach because I wanted to commit to myself. I like when I say perfect off season, it was by perfect off season for that time. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no, you know, perfect off season necessarily. But for me, it was perfect. I experimented with new recipes. I love my body. I grew, but I not at an uncomfortable pit uncomfortable or unhealthy place or coming from binges or restriction none of that it was just being living a normal life um and then and then after that I kind of struggled because I I didn't really take it wasn't a long off season and I decided okay I'm gonna I'm gonna keep competing I kept competing after my show in um September 2018 I was like okay like I'm, I'm I need to take a break I'm not bringing a 
like I'm not at a pro level, so I need to take time to build so I can eventually step. I'm not even on a national stage level. At least me and my coach didn't think so. So I took time off to build, but also to recover, restore my period, which I know you like talking about that too. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> and then that was a little bit of a challenge because I, I realized, oh my gosh, I've been on autopilot mode this whole time. And then I was like, I need to go back to the basics, back to the things that help me to really love my body, love myself, have a good relationship with food. And I realized, oh my gosh, like this whole time I've been serving this mission of build more than just a body to the everyday person. I was like, this is for competitors, bodybuilders. I should be preaching this message to bodybuilders. If I need it, I know other girls need it. So I reimmerse myself in my processes, develop new ones. And I'd been studying psychology for a little while at that point and um, focused a lot of my studies on eating disorders and body image and self-affect and all this stuff. So that's kind of like my reverse dieting off-season history. Um, and then this past year went really, really well because um, after that show in September, I just like found a good place for myself and learned to honor my goals and my needs at the time and know that that was okay, even if it looked different than the competitor world that we live in uh, proposes it should look. Yeah, I think so many competitors are so tied into I'm a competitor, I'm a competitor, and they don't know, again, who they are outside of that. So they feel like even in their off season, I've seen so many girls where they still want to take their food scales to restaurants, and they still feel guilty for eating certain like foods that are more palatable. And they're still so stuck in that mindset, whereas like they look at being normal at times as being weak or like being bad, when mm-hmm. in reality, they need some of that balance in place. And I remember in some off seasons for me, I would feel guilty for going out to restaurants or even wanting to and even getting like frozen yogurt and I wouldn't even go crazy with toppings, but I'd be like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> being so bad. And it wasn't, I look back now, I'm just like, you were 21 years old like go live your life (laughs) like be it's okay and I mean I've learned so much through my reverses I've also had you know the binge eating and I feel like I struggled with binge eating restriction and even a little bit some like over exercising where like I didn't want to decrease the cardio and I just like left it in Um, but it really held me back from building my physique and in this past year of prep in 2019 my body wasn't responsive to my my diet um and we are trying everything and it just wouldn't respond and that was after years and years of prepping I prepped every single year since 2015 16 17 18 multiple shows for the season and I think in 2019 my body had just had enough Oh, yeah. It was like, what happened? Why didn't you help me recover heal so I could actually work for you? Yeah. And I put a stop. I even thought like six months is enough, eight months is enough. And now in 2020, I'm like, no, I'm taking the whole year off. And it's almost been, you know, a challenge for me to think of like, okay, what's my goal now? But I've really been and you're so good at this too, Celeste, just showing my body in off season and not beating myself up and not calling myself fluffy and not saying like oh Mm -hmm. like I've gained so much like it's not about that it's about embracing the body that lets you live your life yes preach it exactly I could not agree more that's 
that's what it's about. And I think if we take responsibility as an industry and as leaders in the industry too, to show that and to show that it's okay and to not attach labels to it, then we're giving other people permission to do the same thing. And even if you're not like a leader in the industry or whatever, you still are making an impact. You're still influencing one person seeing that you're embracing your body or that you are accepting of your body or your choices even. Let's see even like if we even took the body out of it and we just looked at your choices and it's different than you know the norm that's okay it's giving someone else permission to know that oh I, I can actually do something different and I'll be fine and I think it's funny too because like I had people say mean things to me after my show and I gained weight and I was like I'm trying to gain weight like I'm trying to well I wasn't like oh I'm trying to get on a certain amount of weight it was just like I'm tr- it's a result of what I'm trying to do, which is gain muscle, get my period back, restore my health. And as a result of the actions I was taking to do that, I was gaining weight. And that was okay. But people get, um, I guess, maybe triggered or offended by that because it's not what they're used to. And it's funny because now I'm in this prep and my body's responding like crazy. As you said, like when you actually take the time off and restore and build, your body will respond better. And that's what I'm seeing now too. I'm bringing a completely different look. What do, what do people think? You're just going to um, restrict all year and um, do tons of cardio and bring a better physique? That the, No. The, yeah. comp- the world today is so competitive. The, the physiques they're looking for, muscle, density. I mean, it, the shape, the size, It's you have to build. Yeah. And you have to be healthy to do so. Shape has been like a big word that's been going on right now in the competitor space and even just like when I feel like women are talking about their goal body, you know, they're not saying like, I want to look skinny. I want to be small. I mean, maybe some people are saying that, but I feel like a lot of people are saying like, I want shape and Mm -hmm. to have shape requires calories and requires patience and resistance training and going reversing a bit back with people making body comments. It really upsets me. The fact that people think it's okay to make comments on your body. Um, regardless if you're a competitor or not like there's really no need to make a comment on someone's body um, because you never know what they're going through and I've also had people make comments where and mine's more so when I gain some weight they'll say like oh this looks better on you or this looks healthier on you I'm like okay 40 year old random guy at the gym I did not ask you (laughs) oh my god for real (laughs) so uncomfortable so yes and then we looked like we also train them how to talk to us when we respond to that. Cause if, you know, we're getting leaner and leaner and I had to learn this lesson the hard way. Cause then when I wasn't getting leaner and leaner and people were saying things, I was like, Oh, well, I trained them that it was okay to talk to me like that. So now they still feel like they can make comments on my body. So now in this prep, when people are saying, Oh, you're looking really good. You're getting really lean. I'm like, thank you so much. I'm feeling so good. I'm like, my energy is high. I'm driven. I'm feeling committed to this prep. It's really fun for me. I'm so healthy this time. I'm reinforcing what I want them to ask me about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super smart. Um, I never even would have thought to have like rephrased a couple of those things on like your feeling and your perspective of the prep. Yes. Okay. So one other thing I want to talk about too is your post-show program. What was your motivation to develop that program and what did you feel like was missing in the industry or almost like the unspoken side of off season? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Well, the major motivation was realizing, Oh, if I needed this as a competitor, there's gotta be other people too. And 
So I actually made a post on my social media asking girls, if you've struggled with post-show blues, can you like basically slide in my DMs? Can you respond to this poll? And I hopped on at least 30 calls um, with different competitors and girls who had experienced it before who were experiencing it. And I just really dug in to see what, what was it they were struggling with? What was the challenge? Oh, wow. So many similarities. All things that I knew how to resolve from the mindset work that I had done, the personal development work that I've done, and more importantly, also from the degree work that I had been doing in my psychology program. And I was like, this is crazy because every time they would present a problem, I saw a solution. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to create a program around this. And it's going to cover the things that, like you said, that I didn't think were necessarily present in the industry at the level that I thought they needed to. When I look at the bodybuilding industry, I see surface level solutions to deep wounds. I see band-aids put on things that need surgery. And I think that um, what my program does, and what regardless of it's the post-show program, the food program, just one-on-one, I mean, whatever it is, my approach is very much so let's get deeper than surface level and figure out what's really going on. Um, and I'm not here to say you need to eat this way or you need to change this. I'm here to say what's driving your decision-making. What's motivating these behaviors? What's actually keeping this in a, as a habit in your life? What neural pathways need to change? What beliefs need to be shifted? Where's your mindset at? What's your identity right now? What are your expectations? So it's not just, oh, well, you need to be more disciplined and stick to your plan. Da, da, da. <laughs> no, I'm not. That's not me. That's not. I see that that's the, I actually think that that's a big problem in the industry. Um, and I, I feel like it's almost like a God complex. With like yes. Uh, where they're like, do what I say and don't ask. And I have a background of gymnastics and coaching is very similar with that sport where it's you do as you say, and you don't question, you just do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And with coaching, like with my clients, like I want them to ask me questions. I'm like, you can ask me why I made changes. Like you can ask me anything, ask me why you're doing the cardio you're doing. Ask me anything reach out when you're struggling because I need to know I need to have that communication and I, I hate it when I hear coaches say oh my gosh my clients ask me so many questions good that's why they <laughs> hired you <laughs> like why are you complaining about that I just don't understand yes no I, I love that you do that as a coach because I think that that's such a key uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's just a key part of developing as a competitor. And I think the more developed and more knowledgeable we can become as competitors, then the better experiences we can have in competing and, you know, with relation to food. And when a coach tells us, this is why I'm changing your plan this way, we're no longer thinking in our heads something like, oh, I was, I, I was looking like way too big and fluffy, so she cut my macros. Well, maybe her plan is to then increase them the following week. Mm-hmm. You know, like no idea. So I think that it's awesome when, you know, there's coaches who are willing to answer questions and um, be there for their clients. Yeah, and it's hard when you can have like that intimidation over you. And I think a lot of people in the industry have, and I, I say this lightly, but I feel like a lot of trainers have an ego where they have one mindset of things and they're, it's really hard for them to keep their mind open to other perspectives and lifestyles to where it can lead to that more aggressive communication. Right, exactly. And then, you know, as a client, we have the 
um, freedom to say, I hired you. <laughs> I need to go hire someone else or this is what I need from you. And not in a way where we then, you know, don't trust them or question all their methods or commit to the process, but in a way that protects us and our own boundaries where we can, you know, go into it knowing like, this is what I need and expect. And if those expectations aren't fulfilled, that we can make changes. And honestly, that's such a big part of the post-show work that I do too, is I have my girls, I'm like, you need to develop expectations for yourself in the improvement season. And then you need to run them by your coach if you're still working with your coach. Yeah. You know, because it's like you, if you and your coach are on different pages in off-season, that's, that's important to address. Because in prep, you're both prep-minded. We're going to compete on this date or we're aiming for this show date is prep. Mm-hmm. But in the improvement season – you might be traveling, you might be working more, you might be trying to get pregnant, who knows. But if you don't have your intention set, you might just you're literally your expectation could just be I want to be able to have one free meal every day, or I want to be able to go out a couple times a week, Mm -hmm. that has to be communicated. So the coach can then make the adjustments and the plan necessary so they can be successful and not feel guilty if they want to go off of that plan. Oh, definitely. Um, I know if my coach at the moment, I am so clear with him. I'm like, look, I've been tracking since I was 19. It's been like over five years now. I know how to track. I know what eyeball portion sizes. I want to be able to have a date night and I want to even be able to have a whole day where I don't track. And he's like, look, that's fine. I'm okay with that. He's like, I trust you. You sound like you're in a great mindset. And that's why it's super important to, again, check your client's mindset, which I know you're super big on. Um, to see if they're right, like in the right frame of mind to make those decisions. And one question I want to ask you is with your clients, what are a couple lifestyle habits that you have them implement during this process of post-show or even like living a healthy lifestyle that you feel like helps them stay on track? Oh, wow. Okay. I love this question because it can go so many different ways, but I'll give the most common ones. So if a girl's like in an improvement season has a little more flexibility in her plan, but she's struggling with, let's say knowing that she can have more food or having freedom with food or having more autonomy in her choices. One of the things I recommend is to allow yourself to start with one untracked or one extra treat. It could even be tracked per day. Um, This is just to begin normalizing the food. And this is a term that I use a lot uh, because it's kind of like if you look at a meal plan that has chicken on it every day, you're not going to start thinking about chicken all the time. You're not going to be craving it or whatever. You're going to just, it's just chicken. So we want to do that with other foods too, that a lot of girls tend to shy away from, feel guilty about, or even um, nervous around. It's like... (laughs) I saw my clients is like inspired from exposure therapy uh, that I learned about, but it's not exposure therapy. It's like a very small taste of it. Um, And then another habit that I have girls do is start implementing mindset rituals, daily rituals, um, identity work. So by this, I'm talking about the things that are like setting an intention for your day, expressing love to yourself, um, having I am statements you can go to, um, having your goals written out in such a way that it allows you to manifest them or align to the ideal version of yourself that does. Because some girls come into an improvement season with the goal of, hey, in eight months, I want to be winning my pro card. Okay, girl, well, you got to get your mindset ready. You have to start becoming that pro version of yourself. That's another thing. And then The last thing would just be to uh, practice more acknowledgement of your body and what your body's communicating with. When we're coming out of a prep, 
we're so used to, like I said earlier, being on autopilot. So I try to encourage my girls to find ways that they can come out of autopilot and start listening to their body. This doesn't mean they go off their plan and forget macros, forget meal planning, none of this. I never, I don't, I don't interfere with the coach's work, but I suggest that they start creating some mental awareness around their behavior. So this is um, reevaluating their habits. This is um, bringing consciousness consideration to every single action being done. Um, and some of my clients say, Oh my God, this is so much work. And other ones are like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I needed. Um, and then, uh, with that comes mindfulness with every decision. So that way it's not just, Oh, I'm eating what's on my plan. Cause I'm eating what's on my plan or I'm going to the gym cause I'm going to the gym. It's like, why am I actually doing this? So those are three things that I'd recommend. I work with so many women on reverse dieting and they would always ask me like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? I'm like, we are feeling your body. Like take notes on your day. Like, where's your energy at? How are you feeling? Like, where's your mindset going into the weekends? And they're like, oh my gosh, like I have energy. Like I'm more focused. I'm not thinking about food all the time. I don't feel like I need to go off the rails like on the weekend. And I'm like, that's why we're doing what we're doing. It's super important to make those connections with your clients and One other thing I'm really big into is journaling and I always Mm -hmm. have my clients like I feel like they're so resistant to it and they like eye roll but I have like a whole paragraph that I journal every single day and that is me future pacing um, yes talking about myself in the future and then like three to do's three things I'm thankful for and then um, like a career-based goal with my business because I am very business oriented and it brings me a lot of fulfillment so again like a journal um, outline doesn't have to be like the same as mine for you guys like it could be anything that you feel called to talk about but I think it's really important to like if you have a goal you have to explain what that goal is to yourself in order to accomplish it because you can say like I want to be a pro like you're saying Celeste but Mm -hmm. how are you going to get there (laughs) Yes. And I I mean, like the there's actually psychology behind this, which is that we're basically like priming our minds to create this reality. Um, We're almost painting this target for us so that we know what we're really aiming for and how to get there. Um, If you were to focus every single day on how fat you are and how much you suck and how bad you are with your meal plan and da, da, da. that's going to be the reality you continue to live in because that's how your neural pathways are firing. That's, that's how you have ne- technically wired your brain to think about yourself. So big part of changing those behaviors, changing those thoughts and actually becoming a new version of yourself. Even if you're not struggling at all with anything, you could still benefit from mindset work. And like you said, future pacing, it's about becoming the next best version of yourself, which means, you know, letting go of, parts of you now but also learning from parts of yourself now and how can you then improve and take steps forward yeah and unfortunately I think so many people are self-critical and they only focus on the negative aspects of them but if you hyper focus on the negative about yourself which none of us are perfect but if you only focus on that it's just going to manifest into something more Whereas how about you just flip that and focus on all the positive things about you because you definitely have at least three things that are positive about you that you're giving into this world and you have to like hype yourself up about that. I used to be so like pessimistic and my outlook on life was very like 
negative and now it's like a complete 180 I mean me even just three years ago it's like a complete 180 I don't even recognize that and that's because I have focused on things like podcasts and listening to self-help books and journaling and it really will work but you know you're not going to write one journal script and have your whole world transform in a page but um, over time it definitely will work Yes. And when you commit to the process, it's just like building your body. Like, this is what I don't understand. Girls will be so, I hope I don't, I hope I don't offend anybody, but girls will be so committed to their preps or their meal plans or their workouts and gym routines. And then as soon as you tell them to start journaling, it's like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, no, it should be just as important and just as much of a priority as any of the other work that you're putting into your body and into your life and your goals on an, you know, action-based um level than anything else and if you can invest that time in the gym and into your meal planning and all of that then you can absolutely invest it into your mind and it'll probably pay off even more in the long run because it'll prime you to be someone who can sustain the habits the behaviors and someone who actually knows you know what your goals are and what you're focused on keeps it just keeps you in the right mental space definitely you'll gain so much clarity doing that now, Celeste, what are your plans going into the season of competing for you? And how did you know that you were ready for the season of prep? Well, okay, so my plan is to do a regional show and then um, get in front of Sandy Williamson, get her feedback, and then decide if I'm ready for nationals from there. Um, the plan is also to be really, really, really mindful and aware of how my body is responding and not run myself to the ground like I did last time. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a big focus as well. Me and my coach are just, we started prep super early or not I guess early is not the right word, but we started it ahead of time, getting the body ready and seeing how the body was responding just to keep things healthier this time. Um, And then I knew I was ready to start prepping after I had had my period for at least six months. Mm -hmm. And also that was a personal goal and something that me and my coach were both like, okay, let's do three months. And I was like, I'd feel more comfortable with six. Um, And then um, also when I knew that I didn't, care when I stepped on stage again um I knew I was ready for a prep when it wasn't about the end result when I actually felt like I found the patience when I felt like I found the lifestyle when I felt like I found um that level of what's the word I'm looking for I really had felt like I reestablished a lifestyle in it where I was comfortable with the decisions that I was making I I felt like I had built a solid base I really focused on my mobility as well from a physical perspective. Um, But mentally it was more so like I wasn't so hyper-focused on I have to be in my bikini on stage by this time. It was more like I don't really care about when it happens anymore. I I know it's going to happen. And I felt like I was finally at this place where it was like there's no rush. There's absolutely no rush. Finally at peace with that, that truth. And I can now do what's necessary for me in this prep and not, not have to feel like I'm risking, you know, my sanity or my health to do so. Yeah. It's almost like, um, a marathon mentality instead of the mentality. Whereas like you have all these checkpoints where you're like, okay, where's my health at? Okay. How am I doing on the stage? How did I feel on the stage? And you do these checkpoints and like these checks and balances throughout your prep versus just, I don't want to say being reckless, but you know, sprinting is kind of reckless. So whereas the sprint, you're just kind of like 
trying to get there as fast as possible. You're not really checking in with yourself. You're not really breathing. You're just getting to the like finish line and you're not thinking. Whereas a marathon, you got time to think. So I, re- yes. I really like that approach going into the show. And I think it's super important how much you value a judge's feedback. I've been guilty of like taking a judge's feedback and not taking it seriously where they're always like, you're too lean. You need to build. You need to build. You need to build. I'm like, I'm okay. And then this past year, I'm just like, you are so small. <laughs> yes. <nothing." laughs> yes. I definitely feel you on that. Like l- most of my prep of 2018, like I did so many shows, but I, they were all really filling and rewarding. And the feedback was usually like, uh, your shape is there coming a little tighter. Or it was, my coach was like, you don't need the judge feedback right now. Like we know what needs to improve. And then we'd bring a better package. We were doing really well. But then it came to the point of, let me ask, you know, it's my last show of the season. Let me ask for feedback. And they're like, you just need to build in these areas. Da, da, da. And my coach was like, that's common, but like, we need to actually do it. And I look back and I'm like, there's absolute, like, maybe from the front, I was looking really good. But from the back, I wasn't where I needed to be. And I was like, the only way to get there is taking time off. And then, mm-hmm. like you said, if you value that, also, if you value and respect the sport as a whole, like what's required and the criteria and is that something you really want to go after then you find so much in like um it, there's so much indulgement in the actual off season and when I remember even when my off season was ending we were committed to a prep I was kind of like oh I'm gonna miss that but at the same time I feel so much more comfortable now knowing that oh I would be really happy to take another long off season it, it'd be fine with me yeah um, there's nothing tying me to the stage other than the fact that you know it's really rewarding yeah it's like a mini breakup with the stage and it's like (laughs) once you take the time away you're like oh this was good for me and then you know once you're breaking up with your off season it's like no I I want it and then it's like no this was really good for me too I'm ready for this yes like there was no point to continue the prep just as there's no point to continue the improvement season If if you've done the work that needs to be done you're feeling good you're feeling confident you're in a healthy place with food, with your body, with your goals specifically, you're going to be able to then commit to that prep 100% knowing that it doesn't matter when you get there. It's just a matter of how's this process to get there? How am I feeling now? And then after, woohoo, I can do it in season. Now you love every aspect of the sport, not just the one that, you know, makes your body change. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so Celeste, I have two more questions for you. Cool. Um, what makes you want to become an IFBB Bikini Pro? oh my gosh it's so fun um so my big why in terms of becoming a bikini pro is just so that I can stand on the platform and represent the mentality that goes into that I want to be able to use the title of IFBB pro as a way of just furthering my mission to help competitors build more than just a body um to me it's much more about influence and impact than it is anything else. And I'm not naive enough to say, oh, once you get a pro card, everything falls into place and, you know, your business booms and you impact all these other lives. No, but I I do believe that I'm a person who capitalizes on every opportunity that I get. And I know that achieving my pro card would allow me to just show girls that you can do it in a healthy way. You can do it naturally. You can do it with a healthy relationship with food. You can do it and you can even continue to do it while having a healthy relationship with food it's more for me of a representation of the mindset and the positive emotions that are going into that more so than you know I'm an IFBB pro and I have an amazing body and I look great on stage and I'm gonna become this elite it's like no like I want to use the platform to represent my mission 
Yeah. No, I love that. I love how you're wanting to utilize that title for others than for yourself. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. What would be your advice that you would give yourself or give to the competitor who's thinking about doing a show but is nervous? I think I would, if they're nervous about it, I would tell them like to really think about what sets them apart or what's different about them than the girl who is doing it. Uh, They'll probably be surprised to know that there's a lot of similarities. You know, the girl who's doing it is probably also nervous before she steps on stage. She probably also thinks about how she's going to look when she gets up there, how her posing is going to be. There's not that much difference between you and the girl who's already doing it. So Mm -hmm. why not do it? Tell her to start getting her mindset in the identity of a competitor, start believing she's a competitor and start identifying the similarities. Um, I would also tell her to be real with herself and ask if you're so nervous because, you know, you've never stuck to your plan before or uh, you are <laughs> feeling guilty around food or whatever it is. OK, then it, you shouldn't even compete right now. So mm-hmm. that would be my advice. <laughs> I think what's really cool is that every competitor backstage has a story. And no matter what your limiting beliefs are, like, oh, I have kids or, oh, I'm only in college, like it's going to be hard or I had like maybe an illness I had to overcome like whatever your story is it's more so like you're being backstage with a bunch of people who overcame so much (laughs) crap to get to where they are Um, and you need to just on show day enjoy the moment and realize like everybody has a story and you did what 99% of people don't want to do and that in itself is a reward that is the truth and honestly like don't allow what's holding you back, like in your mind, like, oh, I'm a student, I'm running business, I'm this and that. You know how many girls, moms, parents, uh, teachers, all, all these people, they're doing it and they have like 18 hour days. You know, it's like you can do it. If you really want to do it, girl, just do it. Like, don't hold mm-hmm. yourself back anymore and make sure you set yourself up to be successful in it so that if you are balancing a lot of things on your plate or have a lot of obligations or things that you feel will hold you back, Prepare yourself to address those and combat them when they come up so you don't sabotage your desires. But I love what you said. It's possible. And you're going to meet so many girls back there who, you know, you can relate to and get empowered by and with. Thank you so much, Celeste. So how can people get connected to you or learn more about your programs? So my website is www.celestial.fit and my Instagram is celestial underscore fit. If you guys want to learn more about the program specifically, I highly recommend you go through my free post-show program first. It's a seven-day introductory course really to overcoming post-show blues. And then I give you lots of action steps in that, things to consider. Um, If you're not in your post-show phase but you really want to work on your mindset, I have other resources as well like a free competitor card deck. And then um, if you're more so focused on your food relationship, um, then I do work with girls privately on that. So um, just contact me through Instagram and or my website and yeah, we can see what's best for you. Perfect. And guys, I will have everything down below to get into contact with Celeste. And thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with us today. Of course. This is so much fun. I absolutely love your energy and really appreciate that you had me on. Thank you so much. Of course. Hey, guys. On the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. 
Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals. Okay, guys, so if you are enjoying Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would really love if you could share my podcast up on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Beyond the Bikini Radio has been up for almost a year, and you guys know that I share a variety of content. Not only do I talk about mental health, physical health, competing, but other areas too with women's health, interviewing guests, interviewing bikini competitors. If you're wanting me to continue doing Beyond the Bikini Radio, I would just love to see some love back and you sharing the podcast. It makes me so happy seeing you guys enjoy it and it gives me a better idea of what type of content you guys are enjoying and what episodes you want me to cover in the future or what topics resonated with you. So again, thank you for being a Beyond the Bikini radio listener and keep on listening.